0: For the players,
1: I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper, and this <coughs> is for the players, the pop culture PlayStation podcast. The 40 years of playing PlayStation and 12 plus years in that games mini combined. I thank you for joining us in this PlayStation conversation.
0: This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, you can come and check out our socials: Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and X. All of those links can be found in the description below.
1: If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopculturist where you can watch us record the show live where you can jump in the chat and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation pod. If you are listening to us on podcast services, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review. If you watch us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment. And if you want to support us financially, can at patreon.com slash thepopculturist as well as our merchandise store, popculturist.com, shop where you buy shirts and other sort of shit with our logos on it now preemptive reminder there will be no new episode next week because this guy will be interstate i'll be in perth for the wwe elimination chamber and it's three hours behind and that either means i have to record a show at four in the afternoon on a sunday or max has to record a show at much later in the night <laughs>
0: When he's at work.
1: When he's at work. <laughs> so we just thought we'd take the week off, uh, <coughs> properly enjoy my first holiday in the better part of a decade, and uh, just ha- and have a week off. But <laughs> Properly enjoy a holiday, goes to Perth. Yeah, yeah. well, look, look, I'm poor as shit at the best of times. Like, And like, I wouldn't... I wouldn't have gone on any sort of trip had I not had a reason to do so, and I think a WWE pay-per-view for me is a pretty good reason to do so, and it's the only only, only reason to ever go to Perth, absolutely, because before the show, you and I were chatting, Max, you like, what the hell are you going to do in Perth for a week, and the answer I really don't know. Uh- <laughs> So like I've got so on Friday I will uh, be assisting the our good friends Fid McAwesome and the Warship over at uh, Down Under the Ring a wrestling podcast uh, helping them with them with the WWE media day on the Friday so I'll be uh, running around using my camera skills and uh, being their their cameraman for the day so kind of like what you did for Pax Max you know when I just threw a mm. camera at you and it made you walk around a lot that's me it's all coming back and I'm it, it, it sucks to be me but. Uh, it's super cool. I'm very happy to help those two. They're both lovely gentlemen. Um, and I've really enjoyed doing the show with Fid in the in the past. We did our Raw Rumble chat, which was cool. Uh, and then on the th- Saturday, uh, we will have the show itself in the evening. And outside of that, i got no idea. One thing I am actively considering, do you know the band Mudvayne? Max? Mm-hmm. Well, they're doing a tour right now, which is potentially their last tour in Australia ever. They just did their Sydney show. They just did their Melbourne show. And apparently, on Wednesday night, they're doing a show in Perth. So, I don't know. One of the, one of the only bands from my youth that I've not seen yet. So, like, do I go see a band in Perth?
0: that Next minute, Ryan comes home with a FIFO job in Perth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like working in the mines, you know? <laughs> uh, good times but you have you ever been to Western Australia oh yeah no I'm the same boat
0: the furthest the furthest I've ever gone was Radelaide that sucked too yeah
1: well the only time I've ever gone west you said I went to Adelaide I flew in in the afternoon went to a Kevin Smith thing at the Theberton Theatre went to bed woke up flew out at like 7 the next 8 the next morning that was it I saw the airport the hotel Theberton Theatre Hotel Airport I saw nothing that Adelaide had to offer And I'm not sad about it I've
0: been there twice The first time we took the train The second time we drove
1: Which one was better? Mm, I remember the drive (laughs) (laughs) But yeah but yeah, because I, I, I literally have no idea. So Super Marcy in the chat goes, I'm from uh, this channel on TV slash Pop Culture. As I mentioned, you can become part of the show. Uh, Super Marcy says, I'm from Adelaide. I fled for a reason.
0: At least you're going with other people.
1: That's they true. So I'm going kinda, with my partner Phoebe. and
0: can good friend
1: yeah, and good friend Craig. So the, this is the advantage where Phoebe, when she gets sick of us, she can fuck off and Craig and I can entertain each other like children. Or if she gets bored, of, if she gets like too much Craig, she can hang out with me. And then, you know, if I get bored of both of them, I can go do whatever and they can hang out together because they will have to on Friday as I go fuck around. Kiss hands and shake and stuff. So with, there's, a, there's enough people that like if anyone gets bored or like, you know, sick of people, someone else can look over there and but hey I'm gonna annoy you instead and um, I'm looking forward to that. One thing I am considering Max, might I add, is um I know it's not working. It's not supposed to work like a portable console, even though it's kind of the name. PlayStation Portal. There is one on marketplace, two hundred bucks. It's three thirty retail. It's local. I- and then you realise you can't use it on the plane. That's what that's my concern, is I get it for the plane, can't use it. Or I get it to Perth, and I'm playing at my mate's house where I'm staying, and it's not going to work. Because the entire purpose of me is to take it to play with it. Because I don't want to cart my PlayStation. Mostly because I'm carting all my camera gear, so it's, that's an option. Yeah, but you've got two other people's worth of luggage.
0: Mm. You can't fit in your own, doesn't mean someone else can't, like...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I know I'm gonna get fucking annoying if I if I don't get some like game time. If I don't get my screen time, I'm gonna be like some fucking five year old, right? I'm gonna be the worst. I'm gonna be horrendous, and it's gonna be painful. I
0: just pack an iPad and a fucking DualSense
1: controller. I'm gonna pack my laptop so that I can when I can rip the footage off the camera, and I'll use that as remote play to the PlayStation here. No, it's my thinking anyway. <sighs> Yeah, one t- uh, like I said, there's a lot of planning. I've not done sort of any packing or anything. Um, uh, the Reverend Puck goes, I'm not from, I, I am not from Adelaide. I have no excuse. Well, you're a major excuse. You live in the US, my friend. Like, if, if you fly the, the X amount of hours, the the thousands of kilometers, tens of thousands of kilometers to come to Australia and you go to Adelaide, got some bad choices, man. Bad choices. But yeah, I've not done nothing, no pack. Obviously, I can't pack the camera up because I'm using it now. So that'll be tomorrow. I'll pack my all my suitcase because I have to do all my washing because, you know, I forgot to do it. Um... So like I was like, right, I'm going to wash all my clothes so I can pick some stuff to wear because apparently it's going to be like 35 and up. It's going to be fucking gross over there. So I'm going to sit in an open-ass stadium with a bunch of wrestling fans who stink at the best times and then you add like near 40 degree heat. It's just going to be this green plume of stank coming out of this. Uh, you know. uh, Marcy says you can see Adelaide and Dow too. I imagine Perth would be the same. It's like two pages in a book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I do want to go, I might go check out the Quackers because they're adorable, and they have that little island. Be like, oh, get some Quacker selfies. That'd be pretty cool. I assume, other, I assume there's other things to do there. Then there's wineries and stuff, I think. There's beaches, but I fucking hate the beach, so that's weird. <laughs> hmm. How's your week been, Max? Mildly entertaining. Yeah? Yeah, it's
0: good. So so mum mum's down at the moment.
1: Good on Annie
0: K. Annie um, K. here. Case, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, how
1: is she going? Missing is she missing her PlayStation?
0: <clears throat> no, dad's on it every night. It's so funny. <laughs>
1: um And obviously
0: we went we went to Blink this week.
1: Yeah, we both went to Blink this week. It was <laughs> mad. Let's talk about that for a whole fucking second. Had you seen Blink before? No. How was it for the first time? Yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. Mm. It was fantastic. Yeah, so I've got I've got one more on my
0: like teen bucket list that Ooh, I'd love to see, but that? I don't think it's gonna happen. Green Day. I don't think it's going to happen. I I don't, that's I don't, interesting. I don't think those motherfuckers are coming. <laughs> not for
1: a while. And even then, they have not had a good album in a very long time. So I was very lucky. Yeah. The first concert I ever went to was uh, My Chemical Romance, Jimmy World, and Green Day during their uh, during the American Idiot run. It yeah. was fucking incredible. And that was an absolute first concert to go to. Um, yeah. So I saw Blink in 2013. Like I've seen pretty much every band I've wanted to because I was mm-hmm. a big uh, concert kid in my like 20s um it's pretty much what i did so like yeah Mudvayne yeah. is the one i hadn't seen because they came out when they did um what was the album lost and found and then they did a couple albums after that and they think they toured maybe once and i couldn't go and then this is their last one um and the touring with Cold chamber and coal chamber is pretty cool good new metal energy but uh, is, that, is that the only two there's no one else no one else what is your list well I've seen Living end yeah they were them for the state emergency tour that was awesome um
0: but yeah I've of of liked the the bands that I really enjoyed as a teenager I like they the, they're the three that I wanted to see and I've seen two of the three now nice yeah.
1: but yeah so seeing uh blink this time with Travis Barker because he doesn't fly but he's here now he came for this um was oh, it, it hit so differently. And especially mm. off the back of the "One More Time" album, which is you know the then coming back after their second split as a band, but also the you know to, um, uh, uh, Ma, uh, sorry Tom Tom DeLonge returning after Mark Hoppus's uh, cancer, which kind of made them remember what was actually legitimately important, uh, and you know closing the show with the song "One More Time" uh, and uh all the you know the the lovely montage from the from the music video with all the things from their history and um that was like the eighth time i cried during that show by the way uh it, it was absolutely lovely that was it was it was fantastic so yeah yeah it's one of, it's one of, like because I, I know like i <laughs> i can't speak for you obviously but for me like blink 182 uh are very much a band that I didn't realize I had such an emotional impact mm. with um, now there are there are some that are very obvious so, so I had a friend of mine pass away in my early 20s um, so she died rather suddenly she um, took her own life so no one was prepared for her funeral obviously so what they did for music is they just plugged her iPod in and played her 25 most played songs and uh, Norrell was one of the, the biggest Blink fans I've ever known in my entire life so it's very hard for me to listen mm-hmm. to a lot of songs especially uh, like Feeling This as an example it just hits really hard um, and then because shortly after she passed that's when Neighbourhoods came out so I listened to the fuckload I, I listened to Neighbourhoods so much that album is brilliant uh, it's a real shame they didn't play a lot of those songs and then of course you know like uh, Edinburgh of the State I have such a deep memory of listening to it with my cousin in Toongabi Gabby in this bumpkin fucking town and in, in, uh, just outside of Taralgon where I grew up and just when I, when I hear like the opening riff of Dump Weed I just get instantly transported back to whatever year that was you know it's just it's one of those bands that have lived with me forever, and like I, I was, I was explaining this to to Phoebe, my partner, like their self titled album. Like I distinctly remember listening to it for the first time. I was sitting on the tennis courts. My dad was playing tennis um, on my discman. Listening to it, going through the cover, going through the cover notes. Um, oh, what a band! What a nerd! I know. It's one of those things. It's like it's. it's I love music. I love games, mm. and like it, it, it's fun i can i can my memory's garbage but there are moments where it's really fucking spectacular and it, a lot of it comes down from like remembering albums or remembering when i, when I listen to it or like the unnecessary details about it um it's that real sort of neurodiverse coming through like sharp mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah so seeing them again this time like just opening, you know, with the anthem part two, just like oh, it hits, uh, and then you know as you go throughout, like say together for the kids, and like, like when when they hit the chorus and there's just that big sort of like boom wall of sound and all the pyro goes off, and oh, oh, and if I ask you what you know, and you're like, yeah, it's fine. Oh, it was it was, <laughs> it, was it
0: was legitimately a great show. What sucked was the fact that it took me longer to drive home than the entire show went for. That sucked. <laughs>
1: yeah. Fucking roadworks, man. Oh, my God, there's so many goddamn roadworks. Oh, and we should also mention as well, we're sitting in waxing lyrical about Blink-182. Uh, their support act, Rise Against, holy shit, they were fucking incredible too. Yeah, so I, it was funny.
0: So I was originally going with my sister, and my mum, mm. and uh, at the last minute, my sister got really fucking sick and couldn't come because I had no interest in seeing Rise Against. I know like one or two of their songs. I'm not a huge fan. She's like, no, 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 I want to go. So I booked my parking stuff for, like, to be there at like five thirty ish, so we could go to the opening act. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, I'm not coming. I'm like, ah, oh, motherfucker, I got here so early for nothing. <laughs> so I ended, up, I ended up seeing them, and they are they live. They are quite good. Yeah. Um. Now we didn't get the, uh, we didn't get the full band. Apparently, the bass player had to oh, fuck off back us. home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had um so the for a family had, emergency. He had done two shows em- yeah so the guy the guy we had had done three shows <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah because that was his second show when he saw us and it was his third for you so that's pretty legit yeah. like the third yeah. time you ever played for a band you're at Rod Laver Arena you tens of thousands of people uh, but yeah for me it was it was fantastic so like hearing like um, you know uh, 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 Rooftops which is an incredible song uh the uh, swing life away which i forgot about that's like the acoustic song they play in the middle um and re-education through labor as well like swing life away is a song that i hadn't heard since i was probably like 21 i just forgot about it i remember i remember getting it uh on like a mix album it was called death valley and it was just a song about fuck it's just a bunch of emo songs crammed together on an album was awesome so so was
0: this the was this the only concert you went to this week or did you did you hit up the the biggest con the biggest female led oh, contest of all time. No. Did you hit the taste <laughs> I
1: did not because not not for me, but holy shit, have you saw the pictures for that? Ninety six thousand people crammed into MCG. Jesus, they saw a lot of women. And presumably gay dudes. <laughs> yeah. And some straight, some a lot of boyfriends. Uh that's so many people i know so many people who went but it's kind of insane so i was having this discussion once again with my partner so we went to the last time i went to rod Laver before blink 182 was to see lauren hill uh the singer for the fujis right so she herself quite a quite a strong female icon so the energy in that arena was really different it was really kind of like l- upbeat and lively and and it was like real kind of like girl power not like spice girl girl power but it was just like genuinely good energy um and a lot of like because you know she you know a big part of their of 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 their act is that you know they're proud african-american women and proud african-american in general so they had like this full fucking band and like you know a horn section and percussion and like everyone on the stage was um was of African descent. Sup Josh, another individual that I'll be seeing at the Elimination Chamber. Be sure to go check out their YouTube, uh, their Twitch channel, Josh Robertson underscore zero zero. Uh, due to circumstance that they had to change all their flights, so they had to like dig deep into their savings and they are running on absolute sense right now. So help them out. Josh is an incredible human being and I cannot wait to give him a big old hug in when I see them uh, at Elimination Chamber. Um, yeah, so like the energy was there because it was fun because the it was their X amount anniversary of the of the album, the reeducation of of Lauren Hill. So it was kind of had this real prom setting, like the stage was decked out like a basketball court, had those shitty little tinselly thingies that you see in like all those early two thousands, um, you know, prom movies. Uh, but yeah, it was a very different energy. And as I'm sitting there with her, I'm like, it feels so weird. Like, I wonder what it would like for me, you know, if like an equivalent energy for like... And then I went, oh yeah, no, I'm seeing Blink-182 like next year. Uh, that's mm. the answer. Because like, that was so much just angsty white boy teen energy. Mm. It was awesome. Fucking awesome. Except the except the merch was really expensive. And they wanted $80 for a poster.
0: Yeah, I'm so stunned that I spent 60 bucks on a fucking t-shirt. I, have a cool,
1: I got a cool ticket out of it though.
0: I'm actually absolutely shocked that Ange spent 120 bucks on a fucking jumper.
1: Oh, I'm very aware. That <laughs> in pe- my bland is bland as fuck. Well, I, I love the concept. So for those playing at home, it's a white shirt. And on the front, it says, where are you? And on the back, it says, I'm so sorry. But it's like, it's in a nice kind of cursive. The problem is I looked and I'm like, oh, I fucking love that. If it was black, I would have considered it. But it's mm. white with red. Um... I would filth that up almost immediately. So the idea of a white jumper ain't happening. Max, the fact that you ate that pie with that white shirt on is a bold, bold decision. Oh, dude, I ate a burger in this today. It was mm. That was bold. Yeah, that was bold. Uh, Josh in the chat says, you stud. What a ledge uh merch was wildly expensive at paramore in november as well it's insane well my understanding is bands make uh, like an exorbitant amount of money on merch which is good because they don't make shit on tour on the tour there's a whole thing about it if you- actually there's a youtube channel called tech the tank uh sorry tank the tech um he's a drum tech uh for like electric cowboy but so he talks about the touring side of things fascinating youtube channel absolutely fascinating um Oh, and in the show, uh the, the sound might come through in just a moment. Has uh, subscribed for their seventy-first month, uh, and they called you a brave man. And I would agree, you are a brave man. Other than that, not much happened this week. Ah, very noisy, nice. very double noise. That came through. But one one <clears> thing <throat> I, I am, uh, one thing I do want to discuss because we've done that's about all the bullshit that we've done this week. The one thing you have done, Max, against Session McCall cool with games we've been playing is playing a metric fuck-ton of uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Yeah, all I've been playing
0: is Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. <laughs> so I think last time last time I spoke about uh, when I spoke about it last week, I think I was, like, back end of Chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now in Chapter 8. What's your hour uh, count right now? Is it, like, 19?
1: Oh, that's not 20. bad. I expect more
0: for me. I'm at the part where I'm, I I'm kind of in the need to farm. So at each of the, like a lot of RPG games, that they'll give you a, hey, you're about to hit a very difficult section. This is the re- this is the level that we recommend you be at. This is the gear level we recommend you be at. If you're not at that, you're gonna you're gonna fucking struggle town. Mm-hmm. So I'm about a level or two below the recommended at the moment. So I've gone to, uh, I'm I'm hardcore farming. Yep. Um, one of the, one of the sub stories in this game, I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, is, uh, a little mini game called Sujimon, where you go and capture and collect people.
1: So the, yeah, so it's, it's their kind of funny take on Pokemon and Mm. you get kind of data entries just like your Pokedex entries by fighting them. But like, are you saying you get to catch them? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: You... You give them gifts and you basically bribe them into joining your team. Sick. Hmm.
1: And they, so they, because right now, in the one that I'm playing, there's myself and I've got two people that are in my squad. Is there a point hmm. where they, you separate by yourself and you have to populate the squad with randos?
0: Yes. I have six now. Well, I mean, I have way more than six, but. When when I when I enter a Sujimon battle, I go in with six people. Oh, so right, the line. way it, Come on, yeah, yeah, so yeah, the way it works is essentially there's three tracks, and you have three three players on the field at any given time, unless you've got less than three, and you just um, you attack in a straight line. So the left lane can attack straight and into the middle. The middle lane can hit all three lanes, and the right hand side can hit the right side and the middle lane. So it'll. They, they this fork is outside
1: out. outside of the regular battle system, yeah? Yes, outside of the regular
0: battle system. Uh, and much like every game like that, fire beats grass, grass beats water, water mm-hmm. beats fire. And then the two other elements are essentially light and dark, where dark beats light, light beats dark. Mm-hmm. They're just super effective against each other. So my current squad is a fucking tiger, a bear, and some dude. <laughs> Something <laughs> the bear fucking shreds. I've won every fight single-handedly with the bear. The bear just fucks people. And where up.
1: does the bear fit in these elemental allocations? He is a
0: grass type. Makes sense. The tiger is a water type, and my I it was closer, my I guess. and and my yakuza guy that I have is a light type for some reason. Light type, well, okay. So. Um as, as you play through uh you learn that there is a there's like this underground Sujimon league and there are gym battles there are four there's the discrete four mm-hmm. uh, but there's five badges if you if you open the Sujimon tab it, there's there's distinctly five badges so last night I became the undisputed Sujimon master I have all five um, badges d- now. you got a belt uh no I had hey. to fight some so it's it's really funny so after you do the first couple of sugemon like you literally have to beat their like it's it's a full-on pokemon gym battle you have to beat their fucking cronies in their gym before you can challenge the gym later this it's like unashamedly pokemon Man, and
1: doug, then doug bowser's about to sue somebody on the fourth one
0: the guy's like ah oh, this is bullshit you, you you might have beaten me in a Sujimon fight, but you can't beat me in a real fight. And then all of a sudden, you're doing a normal battle, and he's like level ten. I'm like, okay, this is easy. I'm doing. I'm in like my mid twenties. No, no, no dramas. And then I do the, I do the final battle. You, I go into the Tsujimon fucking arena, have the big tournament in front of everyone, beat the guy, and then the leader's like, "Nah, this is bullshit. You didn't deserve to beat him." They fight me. They're like level forty. Oh, and I'm mid twenties, and I get my ass handed to me. I'm like, well, that sucked. <laughs> I'll come back for that later, I guess. He's got
1: Roman Reigns, is what you did,
0: but it was a really good way to earn money.
1: Oh yeah, because that's, that's the, the thing I'm the, finding is like I'm not making money enough to buy all the shit that I'm seeing. Yeah,
0: so because I was getting like five hundred to a thousand per Sujimon battle, and Sujimon battles take like thirty seconds.
1: Especially with, so the yeah, hot bear at, action.
0: At one point, I had like 300k to spend. Shit. Um, I've also unlocked up to where you have the um Dondoki Island, which is like your little Animal Crossing island. So I've been clearing all the fucking rubbish off. I've been building my hotel. Oh, you That's found all- the
1: fun? Health- okay, so last thing that I pl- that I played was the. Uh the in the mall escape room how far is the farming from where i'm currently at it's at the start of
0: chapter seven
1: damn it that's way too far away i want it now it's at,
0: the start. it's at the start of chapter seven
1: um so yeah on the island you you have
0: dondoki bucks and then when you leave the island you can transfer your dondoki bucks into real life currency so you can go spend it in the real world so i also made a shitload of money doing that mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's essentially Animal Crossing. You run around the island clearing the rubbish and then you pay Tom Nook to come and fucking clear the clear the land for you so you can build on it. And then you scam people into coming to your resort and giving you money. <laughs> so I got some fucking dinner in my in my my teeth, I'm trying to get it out. My apologies. And you can have like you can have your Sujimon populate Dondoki Island as well. So the more rare uh specimens you have, the more popular your island becomes and then the more popular your island is the the, the bigger high rollers come in and then you get more money and it's cool, you run around catching bugs you can go fishing, um, there's random pirates that just rock up that you have to fight because they dump their garbage there, apparently it's their garbage dumping island
1: and you and and there's turned this, it this, into this, like money a fucking, it's currently a one star resort uh, what's the return on investment so far? Oh,
0: I've I've made like hundreds of thousands, it's great
1: on a one star?
0: Yeah. This could be exciting. Cuz you you have de- like when you first go there you have to spend a couple of days there to progress the main scenario like the main story. Mm-hmm. So every day that you're there there's like daily tasks and if you complete all the daily tasks you get like 50 to 100,000 Dondoki bucks which translates into like a good couple of 100 uh, a good couple of thousand mm-hmm. real-world dollars when you when you travel out. So I I had so oh. much money when i left which was great and then i bought like one weapon and then i was broke again (laughs) (laughs) but um it yeah the game is just so good the story is going in some fascinating places so it turns out like because once you reach hawaii your principal mission shifts to like finding this one person who who you, you are led to believe is your mother and it turns out
1: that every fucking person's trying to find her. Yeah, she's like, no one's. S- didn't, uh, she's, where I at, there's no explanation of why, but everyone's like wants this woman. Yeah. So there's a.
0: I have the explanation now, and it's baffling that everyone's and and she's just full on ghosted everyone. Like what a ledge? Yeah. So we're still searching for her. In chapter chapter eight, I'm still searching. Uh, I've picked up a few new uh, party members. Hmm. Uh, my original duo from from Japan have oh, fucking traveled to Hawaii. I've got those bad boys back.
1: Oh, I, I was at Namba and... Um...
0: Namba and Tadachi.
1: Tadachi, yeah. What uh, legends. I love them.
0: So they're, they're back. That's great. Um, I've unlocked the ability to go and learn new job skills and professions now. Because right now you're so the he, you're a hero and then you become... I, um, I, it was freelancer, then hero. Mm. But I am no longer a hero. I am a Suji mancer <laughs> so i can summon my sujimon into battle
1: because <laughs> the part of your occupation provides you with access <laughs> to different weapons from yes yeah, so, yep and different skills mm-hmm. so sujimancers are actually
0: unarmed combatants mm-hmm. but i can summon people to do like every elemental attack i can heal it's it's a very useful skill so
1: how is this different from a summoning perspective to earlier in the game I'm, when I was, I was talking to some taco truck dude, and the next thing you know, I'm calling in this buff-ass woman to kick the shit out of people. Is that the equivalent?
0: <laughs> no, no. So, it's literally come in, do one attack, and then leave, and that you just spend mana to to, to call them in. Okay. So, the gimmick with sujimans Mancers are that they have ridiculously high base stats. So, even without a weapon, you still do a shitload of damage in unarmed combat. But it's not the uh, it's not the the call in service to yeah. uh, just pay to have someone come in and, and do stuff for you. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's fascinating where this where this story is going. So we've got because of um they they reference the 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 big group of like underground people in hawaii called the barracudas and then all of a sudden you find out that there's a chinese syndicate and there's another syndicate that are over here there's another syndicate over here but they they're, they're all run by this one dude for some reason and and everyone's just trying to trying to get you because they all know that you're the link to the person they're all trying to find fuck and you're just running around like a headless truck trying to work out what's going on because you have no idea where anything is.
1: And so, like, the fun part about... We talked about this last week as well because this is, like, the, what feels like the freaking eighth week it's, in a row we talked about this game. I think it's week three, um, week four, maybe. But, you know, the... The Katsuga, ich- Ichiban, uh, the yeah. main character, like, because he, he has that, that that Goku joyous energy and he's like, oh, everything's kind of amazing. Uh, it does make it really fun to explore the world with him, but also makes even the most obscure story beats kind of interesting. Have you have you run across, because a lot of the sub stories just happen
0: organically when you're walking through the town. It'll be like, it'll, you, you'll like hit a cut scene and then all of a sudden um, something happens. I was strolling along the beach and I hit a cut scene where my pet, Yabby thing. Your crawfish. A crawfish jumped off my shoulder and fell in love with a fucking blinged out snail. I'm not a blinged out, a, a hermit crab, sorry. And then they like went out on a date and shit. I'm like, this, this is so shit crazy. Like, it's, it's so good though. Yakuza, it's,
1: at least the like a dragon, right? Because I, I look, I, I admittedly, I did download Kiwami 2 because I have Kiwami 1 already. I, after the discussion uh, with Padge, and I think you might be in on this too now, is that mm. like, we should go through the entire yakuza series because if they're all like this i have to experience this so the idea is like once every two months or once every three months like we'll pop a an episode of of this show where we just un, we just break down a yakuza um i think i think you're gonna have we're gonna have to hey eh? mm.
0: oh the game's the game's brilliant yeah, it truly is.
1: Is it because uh, we talked about this? You know, with uh, Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, like a Game of the Year contender. <laughs> How's are uh, you? Like a dragon sitting.
0: Yeah, it'll definitely be on my end of your list. Yeah, I think so too. Um. It's real it's real
1: good. A game that like I wouldn't it, have considered it, it, being it, it on kind my of
0: end... came out of nowhere for me, yeah.
1: Yeah, a game that I wouldn't have considered to put on my end of the potentially game of the year list, but I'm actively considering it at this very moment is Helldivers 2. Mm. So, that's what I've been playing mostly this week is Helldivers 2. So also, also, a big thank you to Five Star Games for providing us the review code of uh, Yakuza, uh, sorry, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Uh, and big thank you to PlayStation Australia for providing us the review codes for uh, Helldivers 2. So this week, I did jump uh, on the PC with it as well. We were kindly of provided a PS5 and a PC code. So I did boot up the PC version. It runs amazing on my whatever the fuck my rig is. I don't know, it's a 40-something and a something. I don't know. It runs like a dream. No issue on the um, good high ultra settings, pretty 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 sexy, uh good frame rates, much higher than the console, which is understandable. But uh, I have spent most of the time playing it on the PS5. Uh, now today I haven't played it as much as I I would have loved would have wanted to because the game is so popular and is doing so well that they ca- uh, max capacity the servers for the second time. So it was literally unplayable today because you couldn't get in. They're like, look, servers are capacity, but really sorry. And like to their credit, uh on their social medias, they've been incredibly tra- they've been beautifully transparent and explaining like where things are at. Uh and on top of that as well, because there's two different major enemy types. There are uh, the, the Terminids, which are like the bugs, like the Starship Trooper-esque bugs. And on the other side, you've got the Terminator-esque uh, robots. Um, the robots are fucked, by the way. Fucked. And because the game, the uh, the key mechanic is that you go to these locations and you liberate them with the power of democracy and blowing them up. Um and every t- every time you complete a mission in this, you add 0. 0001 to the over overall liberation percentage. So you're seeing these worlds get liberated in real time because every time that someone completes a mission, bing, suddenly it goes up. Now, I was very lucky to see it literally trend- cross over to 100% in a run this week, which was fantastic. Um, but with that in mind they had to announce this week uh like they're coming like yesterday the day before that because the bot missions are so hard everyone's kind of avoiding them and doing the terminated ones that the super earth they're like a straight up zero percent they all got overrun by the robots so they essentially them coming out going hey uh you know all these spaces like they've written it as if it was like a mission report it was fantastic like all these planets are over overrun with the robots um essentially them acknowledging that we're going to have to reconsider our tactics which essentially says we're going to like bump the difficulty down a little bit just so it's not so intense but they delivered it in such a really Mm. in character way that i can't help but respect the team of arrowhead and their marketing people like little did they realize this game would be as popular as it is but they are just delivering like I'm playing it on console and I've had a couple of like uh, moments where like a dead Terminid has kind of had a bit of um clipping into the ground etc when, when you kill it um but it's really ran really well I've done mo- what feels like pretty much every mission there's not one that I haven't uh but what what I love about this, Max, and we talked about this last week, is in the same way that I played Outriders, apart from like twice, with I think I played Outriders with you once and Padge once, uh, Paul James, friend of the show from Play 2, uh, and Division 2, which I played pretty much exclusively by myself, except for one time I played with Padge. Um, the beauty of this game is, yes, you can play it by yourself, but it does get... The, the benefits of playing as a collective is better. Now... Mm. I don't play with a hot mic because I don't want to. So when I've had people join in, I've had runs where I've had a full team of four and everyone's off mic. Everything is done through tagging, you know, like pin dropping pins on the map, or, you know, doing the in-game gestures, or just kind of, like, alluding to, hey, come over here, and it's been great, like, there's, no one has come in and actively done friendly fire bullshit, like, everyone goes in, they get, you know, they're in on the bit, they understand what they're there for, and we all, we all, without, without direct communication, work as a team, it's awesome, it's absolutely fantastic because one of the biggest problems that I've had in like multiplayer games in the past is that you have one rogue person that like does just wants to go do it themselves and they will die and then you're gonna have to fucking pick them up or they just wipe wipe, wipe the floor and then they crack the shits at you for not pulling your weight or whatever right and the understanding here is everyone's coming in, and you know I'm like what level nine now, so I don't know how like how much like is that good or bad, but I, I'm yet to see anyone higher than ten. Um, so, with that in mind, everyone's kind of like aware that they're coming in fresh, and that the game's bene- the game benefits as you know as we're seeing in real time mm. as these planets getting liberated, like having to work together benefits all of us and it's really really cool because when once again when the main the main like theme of the game by design is that satirical we come together as one for the power of super earth to liberate the galaxy through you know democracy and freedom and blowing shit up and to literally like subtly but by design give everyone that sense of yeah and come to
0: one So, because I haven't played much of it yet. So, once a mission hits 100%, can you no longer do that mission?
1: Yeah, that planet becomes, uh, that planet gets left, but it can then be overrun again. Like, there was a time where a bunch of planets were a hundo, they're now completely overrun, and you've got to go back and kill them again. Okay. And the varying planets have like different elemental setups. There's one that are icy, one that are hot, one that are very foresty. So, like, you know, in the hot ones, you got to be real, you know, if you're rocking heavy armor, you're going to be slow. Your stamina's getting smooshed. Um, but if you're on the cold one, that heavy armor works to your advantage. If you're in line armor, it's not going to work so well. And as you play more, you use these little war medals um, as your currency where you can unlock weapons as you go. It's kind of like their inbuilt season pass, but. Mm-hmm. You can't buy war medals. You can't. You can buy the super credits, and those super credits can be used for fancier, fancier armor. But the armor really only has minor buffs, like helmets and capes don't give you shit. But like, yeah, so you can't directly buy war medals. Uh, but you you can buy the super credits. But you can't try. As at least from what I've seen, you can't convert them into war medals. So if you want a good gun. You have to work for it. The Mm. downside is of the structure is, you know, there's, let's say there's what, I don't know, 10 things per page and there's eight things per page. So it's page one, two, three, whatever. But in order to progress further, it goes, you must spend a minimum of X war medals to get to the next page. That is a downside because it it removes your ability to accumulate in like, well, I just want this gun. I don't really care about emotes, which is the problem that I'm having right now, That I want the next page because I want the next gun, but I'm going to have to buy emote that i don't care if i care about or a cape that i don't care because i already like the cape that i have you know that's the only downside from that structure but what a shame i just have to play it more
0: i mean i guess that 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 stops people from just going to instantly page eight buying top tier weapon yeah exactly
1: scroll. yeah exactly and you know there are yeah, like I said, I myself, like I, I'm quite fond of the Explosive Liberator, which is essentially a semi-automatic rifle with explosive rounds. But I do quite like the Marksman rifle. I have a lot of fun with that. Um, and then of course, all the stratagems are ton- tons of fun too. So the stratagems are like your AOE effects where you can call in like an orbital strike or you can call in a sentry gun or, you know, a supply run or a grenade launch, especially in those Terminid missions where it's all about going in and blow out these um, Terminid nests. You have to throw, a, you know, like a hand grenade in there to blow them out. But if you go in, with, like, I kind of bring a grenade launcher to every run that I do now on the Terminid planets because I can just walk around, punk. Nest is done, and then it kind of just makes it a little bit easier. Yes, it kind of when I start getting swarmed, it's not as helpful. That I, if I had a machine gun, it would like a, like one of the big Gatling guns, it would have really helped. However, clearing the nest for me is a more important objective because you get the benefits out of it, and I and I can just work my way with strategies yeah. or whatever to clear out as I get waved on by, by enemies. The game is fucking amazing. And it's way better than I expected. Um, Because, you know, we were talking about this before. you like, oh, yeah, I played the first one. Well, I I, I won code, first one, never really played it. I know you said you played it. Um, No way did I expect it to grab me like this to make me want to keep doing runs. The only downside that I have is each run is, like, you can caps out about 35, 40 minutes Um, if you do it to its max. And I... I, when I first came in, I just wanted to like go to the objective, do what I needed to and extract just so I could start building up that baseline. And now that my baseline is met and I've got a good, you know, good set of armor, a good set of weapons that I'm comfortable with, some great stratagems, I start clearing the map. So if I'm, if my objective's over in the, in the Northeast section, I'm going to make sure I, um, when I drop ship, drop out of my dropship in the first I'm going to do kind of on the other side of the map and I'll, you know, I'll clear shit as I go do it and Mm. then I'll go down the other side back to the evacuation point or whatever. And cause I've got enough, I've got enough things now to make that a good process. Yeah. And it's tons of fun just sweeping the map and clearing shit out. Cause I, it was interesting. I saw a thing on Twitter today about, some comments around that Suicide Squad and Helldivers technically are kind of the same at their core and I get that because it is it is just a lot of wave-based shooting it's going in but what I'm finding is that the the most compelling thing about Suicide Squad is it should be its story which it kind of is but the gameplay kind of sucks like it's visual noise it's, it just becomes utter chaos, but not in a fun way. And the repetition burns out really quickly. Where here, because there is no major story, the story was, is, is within the gameplay, and the expectations were a lot lower going in, I suppose, that I have nothing but enjoyment in going in and doing these waves, like knowing full well that every time I run a mission, it's just going to be waves of enemies that I have to clear out. Yeah, but because it's all procedurally generated that each map is going to be similar but not the same and the locations will be different you can clearly see like you know there's only so many building designs etc cetera, etc cetera, and that's fine but every time I go in I'm like well I have no idea where shit's going to be so that starts sweeping it where at least where I've gone up to in suicide squad there's the same metropolis you go do these couple things here and there but I just for whatever reason, I think it's because by design, Rocksteady and WB made Suicide Squad feel like a gross games as a service, where mm. Hell Divers feels like a games as a service, but not in a disgusting, manipulative. Like, yes, you get you don't because you don't get loot boxes. You they don't, don't get loot drops in in this game. Like everything you have to earn, and that feels better so there's none of this oh what am i getting oh it's a legendary well done like it's that randomness that comes that i think is what makes it feel dirty is not there Does that makes sense yeah. yeah yeah but in short i i'm gonna i'm gonna be playing a lot of it like all the time um and part of big, the downside that i the other downside that i have but this is more, more just me being a big old whiny bitch is that if i'm gonna take my my pc with me my, my laptop with me to to perth i can't play the pc version because it's not cross progression it's cross play but it's not cross cross like platform so my pc hell divers run is not reflective of my playstation run so like i don't want to run the pc version because i want to build up my playstation one but that's i guess once again that's a I assume that's a fairness thing as well. So people can't exploit the game on PC, et cetera, et cetera. Game's fantastic um anything else to play this week uh oh i did that like the <laughs> so there's some deal there was some dlc for gas station simulator that uh was dropped in pc like mid last year and they they were like oh it's coming the back end of 2023 and it never came but then it dropped like last week so i totally bought it and i had to start and uh, i booted up my old save and for some reason this new save just fucked up my game my old save so i have to start again what a shame it's fun. I did almost buy a cafe owner simulator this week because that looked interesting, but I didn't. But I still think I will. Uh, the malcho in the chat goes. It would act to slow the stampede to the higher level slash end game. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because yeah, I'm not. Once again, I've not seen anybody with those later end items either. Mm. Um, was there anything else? Uh, let me have a quick squiz. I don't think there is. Um. No. I oh I did try to play The Witness again this week, but every time I tried to play it, my son played the PS4 at his house and booted me out immediately. So no, I have not, <laughs> I have not played The Witness, even though I really, really wanted to. Um. Anyways, let's get to the section we call Inform the Players. We tell you about what happened this week in PlayStation. Like forty five minutes later, by the way. Doesn't he have a PS5 now? Why the fuck is he still playing a ps 5 Because my my account isn't on there. So he has uh, access to all my games because uh, I'm not putting my my login on that PS5 because then I <laughs> then I would never be able to play anything.
0: Mm, yeah, fair, fair, yeah. fair.
1: All right, Max. What's the news this week? What's the uh one?
0: Well, we'll we'll just we'll steamroll through these extra and deluxe games that have been announced for February. So this month we are getting Need for Speed Unbound on PlayStation Five, Outer Worlds Spaces Choice Edition PS5, Tales Perfect of Arise. Game,
1: play, play the Outer Worlds if you want like <laughs> good. If you want a better version of Starfield, play the Outer Worlds.
0: Tales of Arise, PS4, PS5, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, PS4, PS5, LEGO Worlds and LEGO Jurassic World, both PS4 titles, Roguebook, PS4, PS5, Rogue Lords, PS4, and Tales of Zestria, PS4. And for those of you who are still paying for Deluxe, we have Re- Resistance Retribution, Jetmodo 2, Tales of Symphonia Remastered, and Tales of Vesperia, the Definitive Edition.
1: Now, I assume the Tales game piqued your interest, you big weeb. I don't pay for extra <gasps> or anymore my cl- years classic. are classic i'm back to basic essential i'm back to the essentials baby damn well i'm pretty sure i still pay for deluxe because mine runs out in august so mm. retribution will be cool that's the i think it's a vita game or a psp game i don't remember mm. but that'd be all right um other than that and if has been unbound i think i wanted to check out at the time <laughs> i have outer worlds I received a review code ages ago that game fucking rules um Assassin's Creed Valhalla it's probably the best the Assassin's Creed games are the best bang for your buck with these PS Plus um, tiered systems because like mm-hmm. Valhalla was allegedly supposed to be a smaller version of the Asa- but it's fucking long like it's exo- it, it's stupidly long it's uncomfortably long um, sounds like a weenus hmm but uh, look, once again, there's a bunch of games that did come out that's coming out this month as part of the uh, the PS Plus Max. And uh, keeping that in mind is good because from all accounts, PlayStation aren't releasing anything major between now and March 2025. Yeah. So Sony will, will not release any sequels or updates to quote major existing franchise titles before 2025. The wording is expensive is uh, what exceptionally important here this does not eliminate the likelihood of any ps5 exclusives entirely it just means that you're unlikely to see that new ghost of tsushima any more last of us any more uncharted god of war days gone any of those major ips in, in at least the next 12 months here's what it said exactly "...regarding first-party software, we aim to continue to focus on producing high-quality works and developing live-service games, but while major projects are currently under development, we do not plan to release any new major existing franchise titles next fiscal year like God of War Ragnarok or Marvel Spider-Man 2." The the company's actually predicting a more challenging period for its new-gen console as it expects, quote, a gradual decline, end quote, of hardware sales in the next financial year, which gets underway from the 1st of April, 2024. We suppose that's not massively surprising considering its goal is to ship a very strong 21 million units, that's collectively in total, by 31st of March, 2024, which will be a difficult number to hit. The company is expecting a slight decrease in its first-party software sales, presumably because it'll have nothing on the scale of Marvel Spider-Man 2 in the next year uh, until they buy Arrowhead, which they totally will, and then suddenly it's first-party, very successful first-party title. Um, they're in the IP, so kind of second party but whatever but it does expect to see a gradual expansion of third-party software sales and network services revenue so that's likely where a lot of this income is going to come from in the chat the reverend Park does say what do you mean unbelievably long just because it's a viking game and they included like all of europe doesn't mean what you think it means (laughs) no the game just doesn't fucking end so Max made the dumb mistake and, of... And then, and, then credit, and then credits roll and it's still not over. Yeah. So Max made the dumb decision about three years ago, two years ago, two... Uh, three years ago, to make it one of the games of, oh, I want to complete... The, I, I want to get this game off my backlog. Bad decision. Because when you <laughs> think that game's done, there's more of it. And to, look, to their credit, yeah, the game is stack of fun I th- I replayed it a little while ago because I thought well oh, maybe it'll get me intrigued and it did. it hooked me in but then the idea of then other new games came out and the idea of of committing myself to such a huge RPG like this made me die internally so I had to stop but if you get your to get your dollars worth, but they're like you know, and that's what they're going to have to rely on PlayStation. Once again, without any major first party releases, um, or at least from once again, as you as as you alluded to in the in the write up here, Max, no continued sequels. So this doesn't mean that we may not we we may see um, Marathon. We may see uh, what's that other what was the other one? Um, Marathon got delayed into fucking oblivion. Damn it. Not Then what was the other one I'm thinking of? One with the very delicious hamburger in the trailer. Made by uh, the the team with that woman in Canada. Fair Games was the one that looks like an Ubisoft game, but not that one. It starts with C. Concord. There you go. I got there in the end. That's how crazy
0: this is, by the way. I have no idea what the fuck you were talking about.
1: Yeah, I got there in the end. Um, yeah, um, so there's that. So Concord that might that can still come it is a new IP. So it's technically it's not a sequel or anything. And I guess because it is a newer life, like potentially a live service or whatever. I don't know. Fair Games is going to be more of a live service. They're probably not sitting it in the same hmm. identifier. Uh, the mild show that was a journey a little insight into, bet, into the bets and brain straight up the way I, I've explained this before I don't know I mentioned it on the show before but my brain is like a shitty search engine you have to give it the right keywords otherwise it goes what the fuck are you it's, talking it's about it's
0: the bing of brains
1: it's the bing of brains so I got to go this and then this and then this and then this and it goes oh yeah that and then it unloads all the information that I want. It's the other example I use it's like a network drive with all these all these fu- it's like it's fucking gigs and gigs and gigs and gigs of data but the password on the folders change randomly and you have no idea what the fuck they were. That's my brain. And it's fun to try crack it some days. What's your thoughts on this Max?
0: And not surprising at all. Yes. Um, I mean, in the last few, uh, the last few uh, pieces of information that we have from them, the last few showcases, there's been no first party stuff. We know everyone's working on stuff, and with the with the fact that uh, we received uh, Ragnarok Valhalla at the back end of last year, um, the last of, of us, nowhere, uh, too, yeah, last of us are doing. they do, they're doing things where we're not going to get. Um, we're not going to get much. It's interesting that um, they, they classify it as major because obviously we're still going to get the yearly release of MLB The Show, which is a first-party game, but they don't they don't classify that as major enough despite the fact that major is literally in the title of the game. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Damn, that's a there's, good point.
0: Baseball. There's, uh, yeah, uh, there's rumors that AstroBot is making a comeback this year. Uh, um, so apparently Team Asobi are not major enough to be Considered
1: well, Astro Bot is not on the level or the numbers of a major IP, but it is pretty sweet. So, oh, yeah, become a major IP. I think I i look, PlayStation. Hi, Ryan Betson, podcast host. Uh, this is Max. Uh, you should make miniatures, statues of the astrobots like from the 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 one they did uh with the, with the one with when they've thrown back to the history of playstation if you can get like a little statue and you've done it because the models exist because they exist under playstation stars but if you can get like you know the little you know god of war boat and you have a little astrobot kratos little astrobot atreus i would buy that almost immediately so y'all should do that if you want, if you make this on IP, little gimmicky bullshit for nerds like me and, and maybe Max, they love PlayStation to that extent. You're like, hey, here's one that looks like Solid Snake. I'm like, ha ha, buying it. Here's one that looks like a ha ha, buying it. Here's Joel and Ellie in a clicker, but an Astrobot form. Oh yeah, give me that one. Here's, you know, uh, Deacon St. John from, uh, St. James, I think Deacon St. John something else, uh, from <laughs> Days Gone. Oh uh, yeah, I'm going to buy that one too. Straight up. Do it. Deacon St. John sounds like a porno's name. Is it a porno name? Uh, who knows? If I ever get into really specific porn, cause not many people want this, Deacon St. John is going to be my name. Uh, well, uh, speaking of things that could be aggressive,
0: <laughs> uh, let's talk about Sony's uh, PC stratagems. Deacon
1: St. John is days, days gone. Oh, okay, cool. Then what the hell is de- who the hell is Deacon St. James?
0: <laughs> so Sony President and PlayStation Chairman Hiroki Totoki was asked okay. at a Q&A session following Sony's latest financial results briefing why the game division is seeing an increase in gross income but not profits and what the company could do to improve its bottom line. Totoki said that there are two key areas he wants to focus on in this regard, hardware and first party games. Hardware is in a tough place, as Turkey notes that, quote, cost reduction in this console cycle is really difficult to come by, end quote, which doesn't sound like we can expect discounts on the department anytime soon. He mused, quote, how can we, given the situation, put our product lines together to make it affordable without relying on steep discounts to reasonably sell them to continue our commercial journey on a sustainable basis, end quote. The solution, it seems, is taking Sony's first-party titles multi-platform, by which Turkey appears to mean, PC specifically he explains quote in the past we wanted to popularize consoles and a first party title's main purpose was to make the console popular times are changing however which the PlayStation chairman acknowledges and it appears that Sony is prepared to change with them elaborating on this quote this is true but there's a synergy to it so if you have strong first party content not only on our consoles, but other platforms, like computers. A first-party game can be grown with multi-platform, and that can help operating profit to improve. So that's another one we want to work for proactively. Personally, think there are opportunities out there for improvements to margin, so I would like to go aggressive on improving our margin performance." End quote. Obviously, on the back end of the success of Helldivers 2 launching in parity on PC and console, uh, they've realized that by locking out an entire market for a year, two years, three years. Uh, could be done.
1: Well, the fact that uh, Helldivers 2 has outsold the PC release of God of War uh, immediately... It- well, that's the thing, though, because
0: they're in it on day one. They're hitting it as it's starting. They're not playing a game that's probably been spoiled for them four years ago.
1: Yeah. But uh, I would, like I say. <laughs> I don't see we're going to see like a day one release of like The Last of Us Part Three or Uncharted Five. Like we're not going to see that. I, I feel I think it might be the time frame at which we met. You had know, seen previously two years, eighteen months. I think very quickly that's going to start decreasing.
0: No, I think it's just all these live service games that they're in, that they're releasing the or working are on. They're all they're all going to drop day one on PC.
1: 100%. Yeah, that's the difference. Like from the live service games that they have coming up, like fair games, you will see it on PC, and you will see it on PC.
0: And, and if that's the case, they really need to nail this cross-platform progression. Yes. yes. Don't. Yeah.
1: So, Max, you you play some. You play many things on PC. <laughs> correct do you believe that PlayStation should create their own PC launcher no oh that was fucking no. That <laughs> fucking was so no no there's too many launches already
0: mm. um what if and it if it I have you to I, and if I have no I don't care Steam gives me trophies I don't care oh like th- th- their trophy system could integrate into Steam so easily which it does because there's fucking trophies on Steam for their games it, no they don't need to why? Steam and Epic already exist.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Just and fucking use are like using Epic or like as it is, right? Like the Rockstar, you know, every every son of a bitch has their own launcher like Ubisoft. If, do you know what's yeah. annoying? Do
0: you know what's really annoying? It's when my game's on Steam and I open Steam and then it fucking launches its own launcher to launch the game after I've already in a launcher to launch the title. Yep. That pisses me off. Yep. The only the only one that doesn't annoy me, because I really like their stuff is Larian. I it, it when I when I boot up Baldur's Gate 3 from Steam it boots up the fucking Larian launcher and I'm like that's fine I'm okay with that.
1: I'll right, allow Larian <laughs> you bastards like you, you I like, do, you do I like when shape.
0: I, I like when I want to boot up GTA 5 and then I have to open the fucking Rockstar launcher from Steam and then the Rockstar launcher just shits the bed and doesn't do anything <laughs> and it's like fucking I, cool.
1: I do, I have that. found that launcher to be <laughs> trash and like it's one of those things where people like epic giveaway free games every month and people are still like i don't fucking use that launcher like, it's not a good sign but the reason i ask because yeah look like, pro- trophy integration and if i have uh, and to put my
0: i have to put my email address into one more fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> if i have to remember one more fucking password <laughs> like-
1: if i can get like my, if, it, if it adds to my trophy total like as in my psn trophy count I would certainly consider it. And it had that cross cross platform progression. Mm. Then if they made that into, if they had to look, the only way we could do this is through a launcher. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Like that would be, like those little caveats would be fine. If they're like, it's exactly the same as it is right now, but you have your own bullshit launcher. I'm gonna be like, "Mm, no. And I don't don't play PC games, like hardly ever, right? Like the fact that I, I, I played, Helldivers 2 this week on PC should tell you something and that's Mm. only because they were kind and gave us PC and PS5 codes. I'm like, yeah, I'll check it out. I forget that I have a pretty sexy PC. I should probably do something with that. But, um, yeah, look, it makes sense. Once again, the reliance on the, the first-party studios—they've talked about this in the past. Sean Layden had commented on it before uh, he he left as head of world head of worldwide studios. Um, the cost of making games is fucked. He didn't say that. It would be amazing if he went on stage, went at E3, He's like, "Hey, I'm Sean Laden." Uh, the cost of games are fucked. Uh, I would have instantly like, respected him so much more. If he comes out, you know, with his little weird stance and his blazer and his shoe shirt- well, I didn't,
0: I didn't, I didn't put it in the news, but like apparently, uh, Immortals of Avium cost 125 million dollars to make, and currently there's supermarkets in the UK selling it for a buck.
1: Oof. <laughs> Oof. See, I liked it. It's great for a buck. But, like, that was what, one of the downsides of the Insomniac leak is that we saw the costings of Your Last of Us Part Two, Spider-Man, etc., and they're exorbitant. It, like, mm-hmm. they are just dumb. But saying that, though, the games are incredible. It's one of those really tough balances. Like, if you can deliver that on a lesser budget, sweet. And I understand with supply constraints and all that nonsense, you know, in a post-COVID world... Um, hardware, understandably would be difficult and especially difficult to reduce any further like it's impressive that they were able to you know make the slim and reduce everything down to that size my understanding is that like if they they could potentially reduce like the nanometers of the whatever the fuck the, the thing that they use the, the board i don't know i don't know how t- pieces of tech work but by doing so would increase the the benefit etc but even if they did that as you know with prices as they are for for the hardware itself you know it exactly happened max they released the slim ps5 for the same price nothing changed and i imagine that would be the case uh potentially but the thing that makes
0: i wonder if that's the case only because that is now their only console she can't that's it's true. slim or nothing
1: that's true but what, what concerns me around about this is that you know we did they did it with PS4 now we would argue that they did it with PS4 simply because of the the length of that generation is as if we're heading into what could be a PS5 Pro or a PS6 and hardware is the part that they're not seeing enough money in what the hell is that price going to be and then on top of it's, that, it's, it's going to cost us what the PS3s cost us. Yeah, it's going to cost us thousands of dollars. A left, a left,
0: left testicle, and
1: yeah. I remember buying my PS4. It cost me eight hundred dollars back in the day. So with inflation, that's like I don't know eleven hundred bucks easy. Metal Gear Solid Four was really good though, so not quite a thousand dollars cool, but it was pretty cool. But the reason I asked Max is because we're heading into the back end, you know the the third year of of the PS5, and apparently that means we're in the latter half, which perplexed me, but that's what you've written down. So despite mm-hmm. being only three years uh, only over three years old, the system of the PS5, its lifespan has been hugely impacted by the pandemic. as we were aware, we lived it, we experienced it, it makes us sad. the pandemic, not the PS5. But it has seen its first party software cadence slow to a near crawl, and its early it's er, sorry its early years are massively impacted by these hardware shortages it remember when people would like scalp them and they paid mm-hmm. stupid amount of time
0: remember how you somehow managed to get fucking two in in launch week because yours Uh, fucking the
1: thermals in mine gave out so thankfully eb games had backups for that exact reason they're like look if there's any faults we've got some so shout out to the team at eb games for that one uh it's a little odd to hear the sony talk about the system entering quote the latter half in quote of its life cycle then But, according to Bloomberg, that's exactly what Senior Vice President Naomi Matsuoka said during the organization's recent earnings call. While the new gen system sold well over the holidays, it failed to meet the manufacturer's lofty expectations, forcing it to revise its forecast down from 25 million units to 21 million units. It should be noted that these are still massively impressive numbers, but obviously missed targets will always be pointed to as a negative quote looking ahead ps5 will enter the latter half of its life cycle end quote matsuka said as such we will put more emphasis on the balance between profitability and sales for this reason we expect the annual sales pace of ps5 hardware will start falling from the next fiscal year end quote in other words this current period is presumably the platform's peak and the firm is predicting a gradual decline from here now what's interesting Max, is we look at the likes of the PS2, which was 110, 120? 112, somewhere around there in (laughs) lifetime sales. We are barely a quarter of that way through and apparently we're hitting the end of this now i understand that with this blurred generation between ps4 and ps5 less people are likely to upgrade plus no one has fucking money for food so how the hell we're going to buy games uh and or consoles so there is that predicament i would argue that this re- that this reduction is purely because of that cross generational game release people will not buy a ps5 if they don't have to you need to make them do so and right now the reason they didn't do it around launch was because hey shortage supply constraints we don't want it, you know let's just say there was only six million ps5s in the wild we want our you know the the, the attach rate this was pretty good let's say it's two million uh out of that six two million to launch uh War ragnarok not good so they put it on both platforms so they could bolster it, get the attach rate, get the stickiness from the PS4, combine that with the attach rate of the PS5. You get a reasonably uh, a, a happy m- middle ground there, but you do de-incentivize people to move up. But as, a, as, as an industry, everyone is transitioning to that next gen anyway, or the current gen, I guess, rather than last gen where are you with this because you know you didn't upgrade you didn't upgrade to the ps4 pro we discussed in previous episodes you would wouldn't upgrade to a ps5 pro no probably not there's you not think we're in the in the peak
0: yeah yeah i mean and and again i think the pandemic put it put us in such a weird situation here because for the first what was it like two years you could not walk into a store and buy one off a shelf. So <clears throat> it is it is bizarre going. Like, we're, we're already thinking about next-gen. Um, but that is the way of it. Um, they've, they've realized that they're... You know, you know, they're seeing that their numbers do it normally. Like, okay, well, if our numbers are falling now, when they're actively in stock and people can walk in and buy them... That's probably going to be it. Like no one's going to be rushing out to get these things. We're going to have to we're going to have to pump our uh, software sales to you know counteract the loss that we're we're receiving on the, on the hardware.
1: Well, my and, understanding is they're not running at a loss on the PS5. They're not make, oh, they're no. not making substantial profit, but yeah. they're not running at a loss. Mm. Unlike the. So, PS5
0: so yeah it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how quickly um i mean i mean we're already getting the rumours of what's going to be in the PS6 and all that all that fun stuff so yeah. See,
1: that part yeah. isn't surprising, right? Like there, no, are, of there, are, there are R&D teams. Their entire mm. job is to look forward at what the next thing is. And so I guarantee you, even before the PS5 launch, they're already looking at the PS6. And that's mm. fine. I get that. I understand that. But the issue that, the, that I have with this uh, in concept is that they're like, oh, we're not getting the sales. And a lot of it, I think, stems from... That, under, that misconception of the impact of COVID and the pandemic and, and the ripple effects, like the little hangover that we have from it in terms of the financial instability that we, we have right now. Now, playstation have part of their original plan and it, it appears for this generation was to head into that almost apple-like boutique sales right with the understanding of oh we have you know this position portal we have these lovely new you know headsets with like the the acquisition of um Odyssey. you know it's like so we're, we're making nicer fucking things in a time where we don't have no one has the money for those nice things
0: mm. so
1: the, the, they, they didn't stray away from their original plan they went no this is the plan and we're sticking to it hence why we were, yeah. hence why psvr2 dropped when it probably shouldn't have mm. so the answer here max is release fucking games Whether but they're not really yeah. but they can't because of the exact same pandemic hangover and it's the you know they they have the one hand washes the other they don't work independently if you want people to buy consoles you give them a fucking reason to buy the console it's the same problem that microsoft are having right now and and what we'll be talking about in the next news piece is that they're creating a scenario when like microsoft like no one wants to buy an xbox because why the fuck would you when you're not being pulled towards the games to buy them and what we're about to discuss creates even less reason to do so so unless PlayStation now I'm not going to say fucking make your teams crunch or whatever but have the understanding of the situation that the world is in that if you want people to buy your games machine put games on said machine or Mm. have the understanding that this, this generation will extend slightly to counteract for that you will get your money later. You won't. You won't get all the money now. You'll get all the money over time. But that's not how capitalism works, Max. It's the money then. It's the money now. And it's the biggest amount of money. The idea of like long-term recurring, you know, little drip feeds of money, which should, be, which in theory is way more sustainable than big drops of cash, should be the system that they're using. But for whatever reason, they are not. So, yes. Max, once again, Microsoft have seemed to have given up on fucking consoles. Kind of sort of. So,
0: let's move to the section I've titled Microsoft News. <laughs> yeah. <They're> very bizarre. <laughs> In a PlayStation show. <laughs> In a PlayStation uh, Everything Everywhere kind of sort of.
1: It's a good movie. So it's quite as good as Everything, everything Everywhere All at Once, <laughs> um, which is kind of, I guess, also relatable to what Microsoft have planned so in case you missed it uh xbox held a podcast on
0: friday publicly announcing is still the company's bizarre
1: by the way
0: <laughs> okay.
1: they use this form of method to distribute incredibly important business information
0: yeah. publicly announcing the company's long-rumored intention to bring a selection of first-party games to rival consoles after much noise around the subject, it hardly came as a surprise, but it is still a noteworthy shift in how the platform holder will handle its in-house titles moving forward. While the messaging was kept fairly vague, we can get a touch more context from the company's memo, sent from Phil Spencer himself to staff before the podcast's debut. Sure. The Verge secured this copy of the memo, which reads as follows today at noon pacific we will be posting a special episode of the official xbox podcast in this episode sarah bond matt booty and myself will share with the community I
1: our plans for it the- Wasn't the official one it was like he just guests on a random xbox show it's just called you know xbox fans or something you know like yeah, yeah like they equivalent of for the players but an xbox <laughs> one like imagine that imagine if like we as a podcast were given the information like hey could, like playstation australia were like hey we got this big thing to announce uh you your show name is kind of our branding. We haven't, we haven't yelled at you yet. So you need to announce this. <laughs> you're you're going to have Hiroki Totoki come on to your show uh, eight o'clock on a Sunday night <laughs> on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, in this episode, Sarah Bond, Matt Booty and I will share with this community our plans for the future of Xbox. We'll also discuss how our vision will benefit our players, creators and the industry as a whole. When we look at the state of our medium, we see players increasingly gaming on multiple devices, but their experience is defined by the fragmentation created by platform silos. Multi-device players have to navigate multiple identities, entitlement libraries, communities, wallets and reward programs. Similarly the, the, the industry's biggest franchises increasingly ship across multiple devices, requiring creators to build and manage multiple instances of their games, leading to higher costs and fragmented communities. All of this friction creates a tremendous opportunity for us to meet the needs of a multi-device player players and creators. We have a different vision for the future of gaming, a future where players have a unified experience across devices, a future where players can easily discover a vast array of games with a diverse spectrum of business models, a future where more creators are empowered to realize their creative vision, reach a global audience, unite their communities and succeed commercially, a future where every screen is an Xbox. This is a future where Xbox is everywhere. Consistent with our promise to empower players to, quote, play the games you want with the people you want anywhere you want. This is reportedly the first communication to Xbox employees about where the company is heading. <laughs> it's also a little more direct in its language than the podcast talking quite, quite plainly about, quote, a future where Xbox is everywhere and where every screen is an Xbox. It all seems to be in service to a scenario in which gaming becomes more unified instead of, quote, defined by the fragmentation created by platform silos. What a load of shit. The result is that four Xbox games, to begin with, will be ported to PlayStation but Before we touch and,
1: on in, them, because uh, I've said about those games that, that are selected, let's touch, let's touch upon the statement that is made. Like your comment at the end there, what a load of horseshit! essentially, is bang the fuck on. Do you want to <laughs> expand on that point?
0: Look... <laughs> They can have their vision of trying to unify it, but the other two players are not gonna to come to that party. Yeah. Nintendo have their own ball and play in their own field and do whatever the fuck they want because they can. Hmm. They've kind of earned that right to a degree too. <laughs> um, so in in the in in the in the war of of Xbox and PlayStation, that will never happen. Or at least I can't see it ever happening anytime soon. Unless Xbox turn around and go, we're not going to fucking make boxes anymore. We're just going. We're, we're now a publishing company. We're just going to make games and publish them. Do you want them? Because they're not going anywhere else. And that's not going to happen either because they've they've said that they're not going to stop making boxes.
1: So, as I mentioned this stance comes from the losing team if they were winning they they would say fuck you like you play xbox and you play xbox alone like there is no other way about it and even then the idea of them going we're already cross-platform because we're on pc and xbox doesn't fucking mean anything because what are you playing on windows who owns windows microsoft it's just jerking your own dick in two different locations it's not the cross-platform that people are talking about, and with this in mind, this is what I love. And this is what's find fascinating. It's gonna make me sound like a, a super pleasure and fanboy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to live with that. The level of straight-up hypocrisy in this statement compared to everything that they have done in the last couple years is fascinating is absolutely fucking fascinating and it also the incredible level of contradiction in what microsoft have said compared to what phil spencer said which tells me that they are living in different games and pun intended they are living in different ideas and what they have been saying is different you know, i do wonder like which one won like had the idea been that we're going to buy all these exclusives and they did it and we're going to have them on game pass and then fuck a dick everybody else but then they're starting to realize the cost and the impact and as well as the like not just find fiscal costs but as well as the reputa-, reputa, what as well as the reputational cost for them to make that decision is blowing up in their face and i it, it's baffling to me because this uh, to their credit they are going against the system that has existed the entire time that console yeah. has gone through it. and well done to them. Like that is, that is true disruption right? And Microsoft at, at at their core of a company has always been a services platform. Like it's Windows is a service. Office is a service. Azure is a service. So they're not like the way they approach their things should be seen that way. And we're finally seeing that like Game Pass was a service. And this, if they go down this path, that does make them a service. So it is aligning with how the public perception, or at least the business understanding of what Microsoft is is but you can't step past the firm contradiction and the hypocrisy in it all now i'm very aware that businesses and people can change their plans their ideas nothing is you know what you what I the shit that i said six years ago is it's different to where i stand now that's how we learn and grow as people
0: well the other thing is you have to that you have to remember is they made a lot of uh, they agreed to a lot of terms to get this latest deal through with the merger of thingo so you'll probably find that they, that they had to make a certain amount of games cross-platform as part of their we're not going to lock everything behind our wall but they didn't agree to what was getting locked behind and what would be shared so they're going to share like, the random shit
1: yeah and that's what's interesting is the fact that they're keeping you know i would have loved it if in their stance they were because hey, was... taking a new turn and we're going to go down this path
0: because obviously they they also announced in, as part of this podcast that the activision blizzard games will start rolling out on games pass as of march 28th uh with the first game being diablo
1: 4 wow that's pretty huge yeah but the games that are coming to your PlayStation uh, from Microsoft Studios are as follows. Sea of Thieves. Sea That is the rare, rare, rare game. Not rare as in... Uh, from Rare Studios, Sea of Thieves.
0: It's what Skull of Bones should have been if it came out eight years ago.
1: Correct. Obsidian's Grounded. I forget who made Pentiment. But at that apparently was really good. And then, of course, Tango Games Works <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush. Who made Pentiment?
0: I'm having a look for you now. Uh, Pentiment was Obsidian.
1: And who did Grounded? Did they did Grounded cool. as well? Grounded was also Obsidian. Oh, there you go. And Obsidian's Pentiment. There yeah. you go. There, there's, for, there's for the cuts, Max. There's your shortcuts. You can cut that back in there. We're looking at doing shorts, by the way. So this is what's interesting is the games that they have chosen now we discussed this a little bit last week max two, two single player games and two live service games exactly and i think that is done very very consciously so sea of thieves a game that's been out for a number of years i remember playing it in a pirate ship at pax australia whatever year it was there's a video online it was awesome Tons of fun. Well, I, I genuinely adore CFTs. So of came out at the start of 2018. There you go. So I played in 2017. I played it at PAX. Uh, Grounded, I've heard fantastic things. I was super keen to play it. But then after its release, it kind of went nowhere. Like I haven't heard anything about it. Pentiment was like a really cool kind of smaller game that was in production when Obsidian was purchased so it was not once again it's not really a first in-house first party but that's the whole thing um but it had a great critic reception but because it was on Game Pass no one bought it so a lot of people played it but not really Hi-Fi Rush the pretty much only critically acclaimed release from any of the Xbox Party Xbox First Party studios uh last year in 2023 and no one played it because of it, because it didn't sell. Once again, it didn't sell very well. It's one, it's one of those things. So it makes complete sense on the games that they have chosen. Two live service games that could benefit from an increase in players, and honestly, they're probably not going to get many more players on the met, on the like the platforms that they currently are using. And what they're actively doing here with Pentiment and and uh, fi Rush is them essentially going, hey, we do make good games over here. We do, promise. Mm. And that's pretty much it. So we're like, it. It what seems like a nice gesture, kind of, is fine. Like I don't see us getting Halo until like they've completely given up. Gears of War is the potential, but. You know, obviously, with the likes of Starfield, I think Starfield will drop at some point. Even though, once again, going against what has been said, you know, games should be played by everyone, but this is exclusive, and this is exclusive, and I'm glad people change their minds. That part is that part I don't have an issue with. It's that the the the, the dead ass stick in the ground, nah, boom, and then may then changing their stance.
0: Mm.
1: I'm trying to think, like, yeah, so. We, you know, it's it's on. It's pretty much clear as day that like Pete Hines, one of like the long term people from Bethesda, Todd Howard included, like in those communications that came out as part of the ABK deal, were fucking shitty. They were pissed about mm. them having to make Starfield an exclusive. And you know, uh, if I've heard, you know, communications from various other places that most developers would like their games go co- 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 other places in general, not just within that that's within PlayStation Studios because they want more, more people to play their games. You know, it's, it makes sense, but it is part of the business. And if you want to play in that business, go ahead. If you wanna if you wanna if you want to, it's you more, want it's to one not play in that more business, go money. Play PC games.
0: Yeah.
1: That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's just one of those things
0: that the more people that play, it, the more potential money and revenue that your studio will get from selling it. Like, it, it is one of those it is one of those weird, um, the, one of those weird dividing lines because not because I, I understand that they need software to sell their hardware, but not everyone is willing to buy hardware to play software. Some people are like, I can just skip that. That's fine. Yeah. But if it if it released on my box, I would totally spend the ninety nine dollars to play that game. But I'm not willing to spend the nine hundred dollars to opt in to buy it for ninety nine dollars to play that game.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and like that's perfectly fine. So people that have made their decision on what console they're going to play, you know, and I, admittedly, I look at this, I have no f- knowledge or whatever, but Microsoft had always at least appeared have seen xbox as one of their smaller divisions they don't really give a shit about like it's the fact that word on office or whatever makes more money all the time like they could pay off that bethesda purchase in like i think it was weeks mm. really so that wasn't they never really had to, like they could run at a loss which they are by the way in game pass they're running at a fucking loss they could do it and no one would really notice but after the purchase of abk a 69 just shy of a 69 billion dollar deal microsoft as a larger corporation are suddenly having to look at my at at xbox and go what are you doing what's your plans when's this money coming back right like they they put themselves internally with a big target and i Mm. guarantee you phil spencer took the brunt of that because who like this statement? Everything that's come out as part of this podcast and the discussion, it is the exact opposite of everything that Phil Spencer has said and done in his tenure as head of Microsoft, as head of Xbox, I should say. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that they came in and went, not we, we're not doing that. So it wouldn't surprise me at some point if we see Phil Spencer <laughs> outed gone, he's out of here. Whether he leaves on his own terms, like Jim Ryan, who I also kind believe got fucking booted too, it wouldn't surprise me if we see that. Because suddenly they have to pay more attention to what Xbox does. Would you agree? Mm. I
0: don't think... I don't think Spencer's going anywhere. Mm. I think he's too ingrained in that position. I disagree. That. But- um, they're better off just v- better the devil, you know.
1: I would agree. Like, um...
0: because at the end of the day, if they if if Microsoft as a whole have come in like, hey, they're the ones who are going to be like, well, no, <laughs> they're, they're the ones doing the approving and stuff. They don't need they don't need to put another corporate stooge in that position when they can do what they do anyway with Spencer and still have a recognizable face in the area that they need him to be in.
1: Yeah, and I think as much as I genuinely liked the PS3, PS4 faces of a brand with, you know, Sean Layden, uh, Shuhei Yoshida, Joe Corsi, Jack Trenton, um, Adam Boys. like you see these names and you go, oh, they, you identify them as PlayStation. Mm. That was a really cool time, but they all kind of had this collective like focus. Where here I, you know Xbox have it with Phil Spencer and booty and etc right but I think it now that system may not work which is a, once again that's me changing my stance too I firmly I, I i sit here going you know x amount of months ago going why is playstation not doing the same where are their faces because Jim Ryan ain't it but what it does is it makes a huge target to those that are visible. Jim Ryan became a massive target from the community. Phil Spencer has become a massive target from the community. Therefore, they become a liability in that what they say holds an unreasonable amount of weight. And we're seeing this firsthand of what Phil Spencer has said has come back and bit them in the asshole. And what Jim Ryan has said in the past has come back and bit him in the arsehole so much so that he's no longer here. And we, at the moment we have Hiroki Totoki, who's like a chief financial officer as you know, like he, he's not, he's front facing when he has to be to talk numbers, but there is no clear face of the brand anymore. Mm. So when people get mad, they get mad at PlayStation as a a ethereal entity rather than Phil Spencer. Um, so the answer to your question of like yeah the you know the, your statement sorry like the better the devil you know yes but we're going to see less Phil Spencer mm. and the reason i think they did the podcast is because they could edit it they could really tone they could shape it it's not in front of a live audience it's not quite a state of play but like it's the it's the perception of an open conversation but they have the ability to edit and tailor and cut that down to the exact syllable if they want yeah. to that is
0: oh for sure yeah
1: man i'm very fucking opinionated this evening so for context i had a short acting ritalin before i did the show because i have them now shout out to my psychiatrist um it's really like sharpened my thoughts but also made me very opinionated which is interesting quick bits max uh uh we mentioned this before according to jeff grubb we could be seeing more astrobot this year uh, the PS5 exclusive Stellar Blade is going to be getting an adults-only rating for nudity and violence in Korea. Now, uh, for additional context here, it's not an adults-only game. It, the, Korea have... Uh, that's their, that's our version of Mature. Yeah. But it does sound gnarly that Stellar Blade's <laughs> get a whole bunch of titties and guns. Like, just blood and titties. That, that, that is a much better game name than Skull and Bones. If you called a game like Blood, blood and Titties, I'd play that fucking game like right like the other day like you know Skull and Bones is out um, just before it came out I messaged him like, hey should we talk to Ubisoft and get codes you went no and I went yeah it's fair but if I went hey Ubisoft are releasing Blood and Titties this week <laughs> would would we get a code for Blood and Titties depends
0: fight. on what it depends on what kind of game it was is it fighting is it an action adventure is it an RPG <laughs> like, Ooh, that's
1: was- a good point mm. let us know what kind of game you think Blood, <laughs> Blood and Titties is it, is, it is it a, a visual novel Oh, shit. Blood is it an interactive t- movie? Like, what the fuck? Wasn't is- Titty's just Game of Thrones anyway? Blood, yeah. 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 Yeah, that kind of took all the momentum out of the idea of that game. Because we've had Game of Thrones games, and they've been asshole.
0: Yeah, it's fine until season six.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Once again, I think people that. People, people that could not comprehend what Daenerys Targaryen did in the final season have never watched wrestling because all she did was she just did a massive heel turn she just went she's, she's a good person to the very last second I also think everyone forgot that she was like 14 years old yeah <laughs> because we've we've all seen her so much of her blood and titties that we forgot that in the books that she's 14 and we should all be really uncomfortable with watching her getting plowed by Aquaman <laughs> But we weren't. Everyone's like, "Shit, yeah." i like, "Hey, she's 11 right now." Everyone's like, "Oh, that's weird." Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, that there's a naked chick coming out of the fire. She's 12. Oh. Award-winning TV series, Max uh ps5 sales to hit 55 million as sony breaks revenue record now to my correction i self correction before i was talking as if playstation had released only 25 ps5s uh 25 million ps5 not just 25 so 25 I, I, think
0: it's, I think it's technically like 54.8 million i rounded up so that's my it. bad
1: i i was i was misleading earlier i should have corrected myself but i did not uh upcoming titles
0: I don't know how. Without a burp. Oh, the sad thing is, I didn't even burp.
1: (laughs) These (laughs) are the games that are coming to your PlayStation this week. That's how you do it, Max. (laughs) I just went through the motions. We have
0: Bolotaro coming to PS4, PS5, February twentieth. Did I do the? Yeah, no, that's right. We have Warhammer Forty K Chaos Gate, Demon Hunters PS4, PS5 coming February Uh, twentieth.
1: Demon Hunters. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know what the difference is, but it's a daemon. It's a daemon. Slave Zero Oh <gasps> Daemon. Slave Zero X.
0: PS4, PS5, February twenty first, Pacific Drive, PS5, February twenty second, oh, and Promenade. PS4, PS5, February 23rd.
1: That's, that's, that's the Matt Damon of... <laughs> Warhammer 40,000 Chaos Gate, Matt he Damon really, He really, he would really fucking be in anything, won't he? <laughs> that, Miletro's got a good point. When they release, you know, the Day, Dayman Hunters, and then we get the Nightman Hunters, and they have this great, you know, great karate battle. Um, that's an always sunny in <laughs> Philadelphia reference for those playing at home. Incredible show. Can't Can't say the same for the games. Uh, I think the major thing that we should be excited for this week is not Promenade, it's probably Pacific Drive. Uh, I know there's been some codes out in the wild from, for early access. I know like our good friend Jerdman was playing it. They had some good things to say about it. It looks dope. And I'm keen to play it. Mm. Sure, Brett, you, you, you seem so confident there, Max. I thought it was something different. I thought it was dead static. Like for for the longest time, I thought Pacific Drive, Pacific Drive, not specific drive, Pacific Drive, uh, was uh, dead static drive, which is the game that's coming by that uh, uh, Australian single dev who's been at every PAX for the last forty five <laughs> years. I'm like, yeah, it's coming out next year, and it just never seems to come out. But it ain't that. Yeah. I, um... Uh, it's another fucking survival game, man. Yeah, but survival we, in
0: a we, car. We, we went through. We went it's through. It's faster like, than the survival. We went through what felt like fucking thirty years of zombie games, and then all of a sudden, everything's a fucking survival game. But it's not
1: a zombie. It's like fart clouds and stuff. Mm. Actually, I actually have no idea. I, like I saw the game as an. I, I say I,
0: I say that, but I'm super keen for Nightingale, which drops in two days. <laughs> And you and i do want to check survival, out survival the last survival game
1: you and i were talking about this uh the other
0: day. Uh, i can neither confirm nor deny this statement that uh, you're Bani- about to make no
1: no, no. banishes goes <laughs> to new eden you're like that oh yeah looks sick i'm like it uh, i didn't care about it i was listening to a podcast this week and uh, the reviews for it have been a star. yeah and uh, like, apparently think. there's this whole like morale system where like you so you've got this dead wife She's a ghost, and you want to bring her back with black magic. But in order to bring her back, you've got to kind of, like you want to do the nice thing. Like it, you gotta like you gotta straight up kill innocent people instead yeah, of like, saving in them. In order them to people. bring her back, you've got to like kill. Like she's got to feed on innocent people, or you let her die and you lose. You know, her, I'm but, you know I'm straight
0: up just killing the innocent people. Aren't I, you? I
1: always play the good, good round because I'm not an arsehole unlike you. I'm saving my dead wife. Conflict for me. I'm not yet
0: yeah, Dead Wife Eternal, eternal Damnation <laughs> yeah. Same same but different
1: <laughs> But this game does look tight Like I I, I haven't <laughs> I haven't looked at any How the gameplay or anything But as a concept alone As like an interesting yep. Backwards morale system Caught my attention When I was listening to A podcast talk about it today okay. Might have to check it out Speaking of checking it out Thank you for checking Us out yeah <laughs> on this week's episode of the show we appreciate each and every one of you for taking the time to listen to this incredibly long episode this week
0: we, like, we appreciate we, we appreciate you so much we're giving you a week off next week
1: that's right we love you you don't get an episode next week <laughs> <Suck a win. laughs> uh, fucking wrestling <laughs> i'm gonna have so much right. wrestling to talk about when i get back This show oh, for everyone but me yeah, the following week.
0: So, hang on for context. I'm pretty sure the following week is going to be like Final the... Fantasy, isn't it? Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be the third. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be fucking three days into Final Fantasy. You're just gonna be like, Mytheling. I'm
1: gonna be right. like, PC. Chamber. And you're like, How good's Final Fantasy? So what it will be? It'll be twenty five minutes. Twenty five <laughs> minutes of me going, uh, and you going, uh, and then followed by hard cut. You going, uh, and me going. <laughs> credits yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the next episode of all the players but right now this was this show max let's send these people home all right everybody this playstation conversation happens
0: every monday morning at 9am podcast <laughs> except for next week at 9am on podcast services including apple Podcasts and spotify at 9am on those youtubes i'm pretty sure i said 9am twice it's fucking 8am on those podcast services and 9am on those video services you think i get that right after like three and a half years you try anyway uh, if you want to join us in this PlayStation conversation, you can. Come check out our socials. Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those links can be found in the description below. If you
1: want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures. We can watch us record this show live, but not next week, where you, can join, where you can jump in the chat and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can. Tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation pod. If you are listening to it on podcast services, be sure to give it a five-star rating and a written review. If you want us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, and comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment. And if you want to support us financially, you can at patreon.com slash the as well as our merchandise store, pop culturist.com slash shop. We can buy shirts, other assorted shit with our logos on it. But until next week, I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And that was for the players, but also not next week, two weeks from now. I had so much preface. It's, it's fucking coming, just not right now. All right. We're edging, uh. we're edging you into next the next show. We'll see you then.